If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome in. It is the Pro Football Blitz here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. I'm Brady Cannon, live from the Circa Resort and Casino here in downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. My partner James Salinas is along via Denver, Colorado. As we begin the next three hours of recap, forecast, and in-game updates, week five in the NFL, and what a wild one it was. James, good to be with you again, and They're about to kick off the final game for this Sunday in Week 5. That will be in Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium. They'll be getting underway here shortly. And let's take one last look at this rematch of last year's AFC Championship. Of course, the Buffalo Bills coming to town. And you and I spoke about this game on Saturday. I kind of like the Buffalo side. The current line here across town is 2.5 in favor of the Chiefs. And we've kind of seen this line bounce around quite a bit between two and a half and three. If you can get the three with the Buffalo Bills, obviously that's the number you want. If you like the Kansas City Chiefs, certainly you want to lay the two and a half. But uh, I also played a teaser in this game, James. I did not get involved in the side directly, but I did tease the Buffalo Bills up to eight eight and a half. And my theory is on this game that I think uh, because of that Kansas City defense being so poor, that I believe the Buffalo Bills will be able to trade punches offensively back and forth with this team, and I do think they have the much superior defense, so if they can get a stop or two, I definitely think they can keep this inside of 8.5 and may win it outright. 
Brady, I'm with you here on a middle. Let's do a middle, me and you, for okay. the next three I'm hours, in. thinking about not only this game, partner, but the la- for the last six hours of these games that we went through today. Boy. I don't think three hours is enough for us to break down and go through and dissect all the craziness and the zaniness that we went through in the NFL today. Great football uh, all day long with, with week five. But thinking about where you're sitting there, plus eight and a half, I'm on the other side here, so it's a contest play for me at two and a half in favor of the Chiefs. And then I have a very large position now with the Chiefs just to win the game, minus 140. It was some live betting that I did here, and it's let's just call it. It's a, We're going to have fun tonight, Brady, because I have a very <laughs> significant position right now on the Chiefs just to win the game outright. Just come on and win the game outright. Now, you talked about get a couple stops here and there. Both teams are missing a couple of significant players on the defensive side. First, let's start with the Buffalo Bills. Matt Milano, we talked about him on yesterday's show, and he is their best coverage linebacker, really built more like a safety. Uh, He's the captain of that defense, and he's one that will run sideline to sideline, not big in stature, but big in heart, and he is not going to be on the field on the field tonight for the Buffalo Bills. A lot of coverage that he does, and then they'll mix him up with a a number of blitz packages that they'll show a lot of pressure fronts where Milano will get after the quarterback. He won't be on the field. The other side defensively for the Kansas City Chiefs, their best defender outside uh, uh, on their front seven, on their front line, is Chris Jones. Chris Jones with a wrist injury, not going to be on the field tonight. We already expected a lot of fireworks in this game tonight, Brady, and now you take the best defensive players off both teams not available for the Sunday night football game. Uh, sky's the limit when it comes to this total. Yeah, and if betters are, uh, you know, feeling uh, the effects of the Chargers and the Cleveland Browns, who put up, uh, what was that, 87, 89 points on the board today, 41 in the fourth quarter alone, uh, they're probably running to the window to bet this one over the total as well. 56 and a half is the consensus number, but we are starting to see some 57s pop up and you can't argue with it. I mean, it just feels like when you have a couple of teams like the Cleveland Browns and the Los Angeles Chargers or the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs, you're going to have a lot of fireworks. That's what you figure in your handicap, but it seems like so many times you get disappointed and it ends up being a you know a 24-17 ball game or something like that. That certainly was not the case in Los Angeles. We'll see if that's the case tonight. You know, the Bills, you mentioned they're without Milano, but they do rank in the top five or the top ten in several categories, both offensively and defensively through just four, uh, through just four games of the season. And despite a weak schedule, they have really destroyed their opponents, pitching two shutouts in three of their wins. I actually made Buffalo a short favorite in this game. And, of course, Kansas City is the short favorite. And that's what's very interesting. Uh, it, it looks like the Buffalo Bills may be the better team, certainly the better defense right now. But, again, James, to your point about what we spoke about on Saturday, the value here, how often do you get the Kansas City Chiefs laying less than a field goal at home? I don't know if you do not in the in the uh, in the Mahomes era with Andy Reid as the coach. I don't know if we've seen that. I know they haven't been a good covering machine. Really poor numbers when it comes to ATS. I could care less. This is Sunday Night Football. This game is going to feel like a playoff game. The intensity, the crowd is there. We didn't see that last year. We're going to have full fans in the stands in Arrowhead. And we know that uh, for whatever it's worth, home field advantage, did it used to be worth three points? Did it not used to be? Where is it nowadays? I think there are certain stadiums where, yes, crowd noise can be impactful. And then just the energy when it comes to confidence-wise. And you're talking about a team with a – you're talking about a championship team here. 
with the Kansas City Chiefs. Buffalo Bills, what have they won? They've won plenty of regular season games. They were there last year in the AFC Championship. Couldn't get it done. Now you're going to go back out on the road here. Sunday night football in Arrowhead against the Chiefs. Championship medal that is there. I need to see the Bills compete for 60 minutes. They're going to make plenty of plays. There's going to be plenty of points to be scored in this game. That's why that total is sitting where it is at 56 and a half, 57. Of course, there's going to be scores on both sides of uh, both, both sidelines. But from that standpoint, Brady, you have to sustain that for 60 minutes if you want to be a championship contender. You want to be the best, you got to beat the best. That's what Buffalo's running into tonight. That's why I am heavily invested now with not only the contest side at two and a half, but also, like I talked about, some of the other things that I did, live betting and tied it into the to the Chiefs just to win the game outright. Minus 140 tied up with some live, live parlays here. I'm all about that action tonight, Brady. I'm all about Kansas City. This is a team that knows how to win. They're playing in their home stadium on Sunday Night Football. They know when the lights are on, how to handle themselves when that intensity and that emotion is running high. Regardless of make bad plays, they're going to make some bad plays. They're going to give up some points. But you have Mahomes. That's what I'm rooting for here, and that's what I'm betting on tonight. I'm all about the Chiefs tonight, Sunday Night Football. Well, a couple uh, mentions you make there, James. Prime time and also home field advantage. I used to give the Chiefs a full three points for home field advantage. I thought Arrowhead back in the day when home field advantage was more of a factor, was certainly worth a full field goal. I've downgraded it just to two points here these days on the way home field advantage has worked in the in the NFL for the last couple, three seasons. But in prime time, maybe you add an extra half point there. That crowd will certainly be juiced up, and they know that this was the AFC Championship game last year as well. You alluded to the total, and uh, you were missing a couple of great defensive players on either side of the ball here for the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills, I'm seeing a 57 and a half now in Las Vegas. So it continues to tick up. Which way would you go on the total, James? If I was betting this, I'm not going to go against the other. Typically, I'm a dog better and I'm an under better. But in this case here, obviously, I'm on a short favorite here, a very short favorite when it comes to the Chiefs playing at home. But more so, when I, we were, we're talking this total, I'm not going to get in front of either of these teams. We know the Bills are going to spread you out. They're going to go, you're going to have a lot of empty sets tonight, and they're going to take advantage of the Kansas City Chiefs. You're not going to have Chris Jones on the field on that defensive front. He is their best pass rusher. He's the fire, he's the energy. He's the vinegar on that team. That's a big loss for him, not for that Chiefs defense, not having Jones on the field. Now we know on the back end, the Honey Badger, he's a playmaker. He's got great football instincts, and I think that's something that gets lost. Can't measure that. You can't measure. You put all these spreadsheets out there and put all these numbers together, but somebody like Tyron Matthew, he's just a football player who has great instincts for the game. Now he's going to be on that back end, but he can't do it alone. And without Chris Jones there, I think there's plenty of plays to be made for Buffalo to be able to put points on the board, but then the other side, do you want to get in front of this Kansas City offense? Do you want to get in front of Patrick Mahomes on Sunday Night Football in Arrowhead right now? Not me. I'm, I, if I was betting this, I'm not going to bet it because I'm so vested in the Chiefs just to win this football game tonight. I'm not going to get involved with the total, but if I, if I was flat out looking for a play to make tonight, I would be betting the over. There's no way I'm going to go against either of these offenses to say that these defenses are going to figure out ways to make plays and keep this under 56 and a half, or to your point, like you said, it's climbing to 57 and a half. 
All right, James, Chiefs win by three, and we are both happy campers. Uh, let's take a look at the early game, bright and early out here out west, 6.30 Pacific, 9.30 Eastern. The Atlanta Falcons got their second victory of the season, moving to 2-3 and three on the year. They win and cover over the New York Jets in London, 27-20, to 20, your final. The game creeps over the total at the very end when the Jets added a field goal with about 22 seconds left in the ball game. Matt Royan, he joins Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, and Brett Favre now with 5,000 career passing completions with just one team. So a good job there by the Falcons offense and Matt Ryan. The Jets were beneficiaries of a few turnovers in this game, James, and uh, the defense, I think, continues to look pretty good, but this offense is just awful. Only able to muster three points in the first half. Well, and that's it's wearing the defense out. And he, I think you see that over the course of four quarters, 60 minutes of play for the Jets last week for the Jets winning the game outright at home as a significant dog to Tennessee. But they were on the field for 95, 93 plays that defense was today. Same kind of thing here. Completely on the field, 75 plays that they had to play defensively as opposed to their offense was only on for 52 plays. So I think over the course of 60 minutes, that just wears you down. You saw the third down conversions. That's something I'm not a big statistics guy but when it comes to plays and not so much time of possession, but when it comes to plays and third down conversions. The Falcons were nine out of 14 on third down today. And we had a Kyle Pitts stand. We had a sighting. He made a big. He was huge today. Kyle Pitts, nine catches, 119 yards, and a touchdown. Rookie's got a ton of talent finding his way through this offense here. The feature feature player today, and yeah, it comes down to that offense for the Jets just being miserable again, putting too much pressure on that defense. Too many plays to be made. They wear down as it goes through four quarters. Couple of Florida Gator rookies shining well today in Kyle Pitts for the Atlanta Falcons and Kadarius Toney for the New York Giants. Both the Jets and the Falcons will be on a bye next week after heading to London in week five. We'll come back and break down the Monday Nighter next on the Pro Football Blitz. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your podcast. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever. And the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. The Monday Nighter. Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz. Monday night football coming up. The Indianapolis Colts are in Baltimore to take on the Ravens tomorrow night. They are currently seven-point underdogs with a total of 46-and-a-half. And to help us break it down, it's John Michael Vincent. He's a radio host in Indianapolis on 107.5 FM and also 1070 The Fan. You can follow him on Twitter at JMV1070. Thank you very much for joining us, John. And I want to know... If you think the Colts can possibly complete, uh, compete in this game, it was such a rally-the-troops effort last week in Miami. They're really beat up everywhere on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. We know the problems on the offensive line due to injury. Carson Wentz hobbled with a couple of bad ankles, and they get it together. You know, win one for the Gipper effort last week in Miami. But can they do that for a second straight week in a row against the Baltimore Ravens team? Yeah, I just don't see it happening, honestly, because Baltimore's so good in primetime games for one. And, and Baltimore, you know, a year ago, came into Lucas Oil Stadium, and I thought in the first half, the way you looked at the Colts a year ago defensively, you could not have defended Lamar Jackson any better in that Ravens offense. And then in the second half, I mean, everything kind of fell through. And there's no doubt the Colts are incredibly vulnerable right now, but they were even before these injuries. So this is kind of them... It's a gauge, I'll say. It's a gauge to where they either kind of take the baton from last week in Miami, that second half in particular, and make a game of this, or Baltimore just is going to be way too tough and way too Lamar Jackson-esque, I think, tomorrow night for the Colts. And that's kind of how I view it. It's one of those situations where 
yeah, you have to prove it to, I think, people to believe it around here. And that's where the Colts are. It's a very early season gauge, but I think they're going to have to prove it to folks around here because not a lot of people believe it could take place. John, let's talk about the defense and the, in particular the run defense for the Indianapolis Colts. Now, we know last year their run defense was, uh, it was one of the best in the league and very fast in the way that they run and, they, and jam in those, really let those linebackers clean up a lot of those run plays. I mean, obviously, that's going to be the bread and butter going forward tonight or Monday night for the Baltimore or for the Baltimore Ravens. So thinking about the run defense, a lot of new faces. You talked about the injuries, too. Is this a game where this run defense can find a way to keep this team competitive? Because we know all the injuries on the offensive side, especially on the offensive of line for the Colts, can this run defense step up on Monday night and revisit the way that they played last year? That's kind of the problem that I have with the entire thing because this defense has not been nearly as good. I mean, even when mostly healthy uh, so far this year, especially against the run, and we can get into the uh, pass versus the pass a little bit later on too, but Darius Leonard is a guy that's been hobbled. He has a practice every day. Uh, he gets in there kind of at the end of the week to make sure he's solidified in the lineup uh, on a Sunday, or in this case, a Monday. Got an ankle situation where he's just not as quick and as fast as usual, and that is such a detriment when you're playing an offense like this. I don't think there's any question about that. And, you know, you guys like Bobby Okereke, another linebacker, just hasn't been to this point what I think Matt Eberflus has expected. They show signs. At times, they'll show signs, but then there'll be a big run, then there'll be a big pass play. And uh, we, we get kind of tied around here, just kind of leaning on, well, the injured guy this, the injured guy that. While that is true, I mean, these, these guys, especially defensively, fellas, just has not, they haven't played up to the standards in which they set a year ago and felt that maybe this was at the very least a top 10 Total D, maybe even a top five, some people told me, over the course of the summer. And uh, those expectations aren't close to being met to this point. John, we've got just about a minute left before they kick off in Arrowhead Stadium for the Chiefs and the Bills. Real quick, do you have an opinion on this one? It ought to be a barn burner. Well, you know what? I'm going with Buffalo. I, it just seems like the Bills, this be one of those games where you kind of turn the corner a little bit, right? I mean, I'm throwing out like a thousand cliches. I'm going to make myself vomit, but <laughs> I, um, I, I think, I, I think this is one of those games where you, I mentioned Gage with the Colts coming up tomorrow night. This is one of those for Buffalo to kind of establish themselves as, you know, maybe a front runner uh, in the AFC against the team that's been there and done that before. I'm, I'm going to try to disclose you strong here with as many cliches as I can drop on you, but I like Buffalo in this game. I really like Josh Allen. I picked him before the start of the season to be the MVP, and I, I like Buffalo here in this uh, KC game. Man, I apologize. You believe that. How are you going to have me on again if I'm going to sound like this? Goodness. It's like I do TV or something. Hey, you're you're doing great, my friend. And for everybody (laughs) out there watching and listening, that is John Michael Vincent, a radio host in Indianapolis with 1070 and 107.5 FM. Uh, John, let's get back to the Indianapolis Colts, of course, taking on the Baltimore Ravens on Monday night. I want to ask you about their chances to win the division. Of course, they are 1-3 and on the season. They're a good-size underdog here on Monday. Monday night, the Tennessee Titans win again today. Uh, the Texans lose. The Jacksonville Jaguars lose. They don't appear to be much competition. 
But do you still give Indianapolis uh, a fight or, or a chance in this fight for the division? Um, I do, and here's why. Because this division, simply put, is not very good. And to me, I'm thinking maybe 10, maybe even 9 end up winning this particular division. So I think as long as you can take care of what you should take care of, and if, if that doesn't make a lot of sense to you, this is how it goes. I mean, you got to sweep Jacksonville. you got to sweep Houston for obvious reasons. On the 31st, on Halloween afternoon, you've got to beat the Titans again. I just don't think Tennessee is going to get too far ahead. I don't think the Colts have the opportunity obviously even further along of the season to get much further ahead of Tennessee, even if they go on a run. This thing is going to be neck and neck between two teams that are pretty good. Therefore, I think maybe 10, I think the the first team to 10 wins this division. So even if you go down to mile night, which I assume the Colts will in Baltimore, I still think even at one and four, you're going to have a puncher's chance in this division because it is just not any good. So, John, thinking about this game offensively for the Indianapolis Colts going in, we know what we're going to see from that Baltimore Ravens front. They're going to show a lot of zero looks. They're going to put a lot of pressure up there, a lot of different fronts. And the fact that there are so many injuries up front right now, Quentin Nelson, really the dog of that offensive line, not going to be there. Braden Smith on that right side, not going to be there. And we know Eric Fisher is still trying to get himself acclimated trying to get healthy from his Achilles surgery in the offseason that he suffered during the AFC Championship game. What are we going to see offensively from the Indianapolis Colts? How healthy is Carson Wentz coming into this game? Right now, I'm looking at these numbers, and if you dig into the numbers right here, you can find some numbers where can the Indianapolis Colts actually score 20 points in this game as a wager that you can get on. I'm kind of thinking right now with the, with the issues on the offensive line, I can't see him getting to 20 points. What do you see offensively for Indy tomorrow night? Yeah, I mean, you're thinking the right way. There's no question about that, too, because it's going to be a struggle, I think, slog, if you will, offensively for them coming up tomorrow night. But I will say this, because I've been pretty much negative the entire time about the Colts and the start they're off to, but you did see signs against Miami in the second half, and granted, Miami is not any good. We know that, but you saw signs in the second half of Carson Wentz, and there's two things. One is you can see him with his ankle situation. He got better, got more fluid. His movement mobility was better, got quicker. And uh, his decision-making was really good in the second half of that Miami game. And really, his decision-making hadn't been bad so far. He's just been running for his life basically the entirety of the season to this point. The other thing that stands out to me is that he is now getting the trust. There was... I don't want to say there are trust issues, but he was new. He only practiced like five times, I think, over the course of training camp. So there was still a feeling out process on where to throw it, who you trust. I mean, there's only so much you can do in these, you know, these private workouts they do in the off season. And you can kind of see his trust of Mo Alley Cox now kind of growing, of Jack Doyle kind of growing, Michael Pittman Jr., and, and the trust is not so much in throwing to them and saying, hey, I'm going to put it right here where you can catch it. It's throwing it in a catch zone to where they go up and get it themselves and trusting that they're going to. And he has been putting the ball out there for them to go get. It sounds like baby steps. I mean, it really does. But this guy had to work back for just an awful season a year ago. And when you look at the start of the season here in Indy, it was supposed to be everybody around, this whole group of a team that lifts up a quarterback that many thought was done in the NFL. 
He was going to come here, offensive line, this defense a lot of people thought was going to be top 10. They are going to lift him up, and he can just kind of get reacclimated and and maybe raise the bar each week on the way that he plays, the level on which he plays. And you know what? It hadn't turned out that way. It's been more him. His numbers haven't been that bad. In fact, I think you look at week one against the Seahawks. You look at last week against the Dolphins. That's probably what Frank Reich would want to see out of his quarterback. What he is doing is he's putting it out there. He's being positive. And ultimately, you're seeing from him making plays. It's just been all of him so far and not much of anybody else. John Michael Vincent, thank you very much. Enjoy the Colts on Monday night, and we'll talk to you again down the road, my friend. We'll be back on the other side for Consider It, Book It, or Drop It right here on the Pro Football Blitz. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of Pro Football Blitz is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen is working to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and hassle-free tobacco alternatives that can be enjoyed on the go anywhere and anytime. So you never miss a minute or the game of the ta- or the tailgate party. They're available in 10 varieties, including spearmint, coffee, and citrus. Zen can be found at convenience stores nationwide, so you can find your Zen wherever you are. Zen's nicotine pouches are clean and discreet with no lingering smell, plus it's easy to use indoors or out, making it the perfect complement to your everyday. Also, Zen comes in two strengths, so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Zen contains nicotine. It's for adult use only. Learn to find more about your local retailer at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you inside the Pro Football Blitz. The Sunday Nighter going on. The Kansas City Chiefs on their first offensive possession of the evening. They've reached about the 37-yard line of the Buffalo Bills. About 11 and a half minutes left to go in this one. Patrick Mahomes, another scramble there. Looks like he'll get to about the 33-yard line. And it will be second down, I'm seeing on the monitor there. The live line, the Buffalo Bills catching three and a half. So just about a point higher than where we were Prior to kickoff, your total has ticked down a little bit, five or 55 and a half for your live total. James, it's time to play Consider It, Book It, or Drop It. This is a game we play on the program here every week. I will read off a stat sheet for a particular player, and you see if you can guess that player. I will reveal who the mystery player is, and then we'll see if we want to consider a, book, uh, a bet, a book the bet, or drop the bet entirely on this current player, and this week it'll be for Offensive Player of the Year. So here we go with number one. In four games so far this season, this player has 24 receptions, 312 yards receiving, and three touchdowns. He's regarded as one of the deadliest tight ends in the league. He's a touchdown threat every time he catches the ball. He's also a very good blocker. His team is 2-2 and and playing in one of the biggest games of the schedule this week. His odds to win the uh, the award, Offensive Player of the Year, as of this morning, were 14-1. Who is this player? Would that be the Sunday night game with the Kansas City Chiefs and said Travis Kelsey at the tight end position for Mr. Kelsey, indeed, yes, and absolutely one of the best tight ends in football. Not surprising that his odds are 14-1 to win this award. What do you think? I, I, I mean, I think I got to consider it. Kelsey's a threat, you know, every single week, every single play. 
totally can. Do we even call them tight ends anymore? I mean, these teams, so many of these teams now, we're into it's the 21st century of the NFL and. 2021 it's so many spread formations a lot of empty sets where Travis Kelsey is not one that lines up always typically lines up off the tackle and he you can see him outside the numbers at so many times I mean they just move him so he's so versatile he's so dynamic as a player his route running is terrific yes his hands are incredible he's got a great quarterback that feeds him the football too I just think if there's one thing that would hinder him is because there's so many other weapons out there too you're talking I mean, you, you think about the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Well, if he's if Kelsey's lighting up, well, who's throwing in the football? It's going to be Mahomes, and then you have, you have Hill on the other side making big plays. I think there's just so many weapons that, yeah, Kelsey is such a tough matchup. You're talking about individually, game to game, week to week, for teams to have to prepare for. Tough matchup, but as far as offensive player of the year, I think there's so many. There's a number of other potential offensive players. Uh, players of the year that could be on this Kansas City Chiefs roster. Yeah, one of them, Tyreek Hill, who just scampers there for a nice gain, but it'll be all for naught as there was a foul downfield. Looked like offensive pass interference on Demarcus Robinson, I believe. So that will come back, and uh, the Chiefs will now be facing second down, it looks like, from about the 25-yard line of the Buffalo Bills, and Buffalo now moves to a four-and-a-half-point underdog as the Chiefs start to knock on the door of the red zone. All right, let's take a look at player number two here for consider it, book it, or drop it. Again, offensive player of the year. Ahead of his game today, this player had thrown for nearly 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns with four interceptions and has a QBR of 74.5. Starting at 6-1 to one to win this division, his team is now smashing preseason expectations as they are in sole possession of first place and they're undefeated. As of this morning, this player was 12-1 to 1 to win Offensive Player of the Year. Who is this player? Thank you for the tidbit of undefeated. It's the I had only to throw that in there. I had to give there. you a little bone <laughs> yes. there. Thank you, my man. I'm still staring at this Chiefs game as they continue <laughs> to drive down the field against the Bills. Yeah, it's got to be Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals. And kind of got, they've, we've been talking about it. How do you defend? How do you bottle up Kyler Murray? And today, they, not a spectacular game out of Kyler. Not a bad game from Kyler Murray, but San Francisco dialed in the defense, staying in the lanes, and I think it helps when you've got the defensive ends as tall as they are for San Francisco, staying in their lanes and having size. We know that Kyler Murray's uh, yeah, a little short of stature when it comes to sitting in the pocket, being able to see through his passing lanes, and if you have some big fellows that can stay in their lanes, and, and basically let's call them bigs, like we talk about in hoops, you have some bigs that can stay in their lanes, kind of be just an obstruction for Kyler Murray and not let him get outside. He did not get outside today. He had one rush for seven yards, I think. I'm looking at the box score now. Great job by San Francisco to game plan against Kyler Murray. Now, thinking about him as off Offensive player of the year, if you had talked about that through the first four weeks, I mean, he's one of the front runners. He and Derrick Henry were right up there as far as being the most dominant players offensively for both of their respective ball clubs. But now is there a blueprint? Think about what San Francisco did, really being able to contain Kyler Murray in the pocket today, not letting him get outside. And I think that's where Kyler Murray is so dynamic is, yeah, they've got their sets and quick reads and terrific receivers, namely DeAndre Hopkins to get the fire of the football to. But it's the big play potential when Kyler Murray gets outside of the pocket, his escapability and being able to extend plays and make big plays outside, kind of just freelancing the way that he does. 
You keep them in the pocket now. You saw that it was a tight game, a close game today against the San Francisco 49ers. They ended up covering, did the Arizona Cardinals. But ultimately, is that a blueprint you can take to say this is how you defend such a dynamic player like Kyler Murray? And I tell you what, James, this might actually be the time to go ahead and book it on Kyler Murray because he is coming off of a little bit of a down performance. And maybe we'll see these odds on Monday go up higher than 12 to 1. But even at 12 to 1, I think that's a pretty darn good number on a guy that is so electric, so dynamic, so hard to stop. Uh, Obviously, this team is off to a fantastic start. And you got to believe Kyler Murray is going to have a good season. I think it's going to continue. Are the Arizona Gar- uh, Cardinals going to win the Super Bowl? No, I, I mean, I'm not going to go there yet. But I still think this offense is going to be, you know, uh, high profile with Murray directing all the traffic. And I don't think that's a bad bet. I might go as far as book this one. I think so, too. And you think about that. It's just the division they play in is so competitive. And I think that's probably would give me a little pause for concern. When you think about the way that they played San Francisco, going to have to play them again. They just beat the Rams last week. Well, you know, the Rams are going to have to figure out a, a different dynamic to be able to defend Kyler Murray the way that he played. It's just the NFC West is just such a competitive division. And yeah, I think on the other side with Seattle, Maybe that's the maybe that's where he can get right within that division when it comes to the defenses there. But yeah, I think you're right. You maybe we'll see a tick down, and this is the time. Maybe if you you're talking about buying low, maybe that's when you get it because he did not have a spectacular day. Although all they care about and all Kyler Murray cares about is winning football games, and that's exactly what he got done today. I also like the fact that he's a quarterback. I think that gives him probably a little bit of an edge to win the award as well. All right, one more before we wrap up the game. Consider it, book it, or drop it. This player has run for 640 yards with seven rushing touchdowns. He also leads the league in rushing attempts. The team is now 3-2 and two on the season. They remain in first place of their division. He was trying to be the first player since running back Marshall Falk to win this award in back-to-back seasons. As of this morning, his odds to win Offensive Player of the Year were 8-1, to one, James. I guess we missed it because we're we're talking about Derrick Henry. I'm assuming here, Brady. Yes, we and are. Another and another big game, and of course he's going to have a big game. He always has big games against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and and you think about the division that he plays in there in the AFC South. Yeah, Jacksonville, Houston get to face Jacksonville twice, get to face Houston, Houston Texans twice, and it's not like the Indianapolis Colts are setting the league on fire right now with their run defense. They did last year, not so much this year. Yeah, there's six games right there, and the fact that they're going to continue to feed him. Now, I don't know about the longevity of his career when you're talking about Derrick Henry for his full tenure in the NFL, but as far as year to year, that's where we're at now. They're continuing to pound him, and he is absolutely in the prime of his career right now, and the way that they're pounding the football and the way that he's just one of those guys that loves contact and just gets better as the game goes on. It's kind of old school, kind of a throwback to some of the the players that I grew up with, uh, thinking about Earl Campbell and some of these other very physical runners. That's exactly who Derrick Henry is. I'm not going to go against him there. If, if you're talking about consider it and or book it, maybe he's the one to book it, just thinking about how tough he is and that division they play in. Yeah, absolutely. I think Kyler Murray and Derrick Henry would get my vote before Travis Kelsey, the three contestants here on this week's edition of Consider It, Book It, or Drop It. The Kansas City Chiefs are on the board 3 to nothing. They settle for a field goal over the Buffalo Bills, currently 3 to nothing, with about eight minutes left in the first quarter there at Arrowhead. The live line right where we started, the Buffalo Bills, a two-and-a-half-point underdog. We'll be back in just a moment with more of the Pro Football Blitz right here at v 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. 
Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check out the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and the bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line, total, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way that VEASAN's here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Welcome back to the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you, keeping an eye on Sunday night football. And the back and forth continues for these two high-octane offenses, James. Now Josh Allen and company with a first and goal for the Buffalo Bills as they try and answer Kansas City got on the board first with a field goal. We're down under five minutes now in the first quarter, just about four and a half minutes left in the first quarter, and the Buffalo Bills trying to answer, and it looks like they will. Josh Allen will call his own number on a quarterback keeper there. It looked like a design play for Allen to go ahead and run it himself into the end zone, and they are on the board currently six to nothing. Uh, extra point pending there for the Buffalo Bills, and they now move into the position of the favorite in the live market here at one and a half points in your total, pretty much back to where we started before this game kicked off at 57 and a half. James, uh, let's take a look at some of the games that have already finished up on Sunday and see if maybe we can figure anything out going forward. The Miami Dolphins came into the day at one and three, and they had lost three straight, and they were on the road to face Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers, the defending Super Bowl champion. Tampa Bay closed as 11-point favorites in this game with a total of 48, and Miami was hanging around for a minute, but then all of a sudden at halftime, they were trailing by 14, and really the the rest of the way, it just absolutely got away from the Miami Dolphins. Tampa, way too powerful for this Miami team, 45 to 17, your final. Tampa moves to four and one. The Dolphins are one and four. And, uh, you know, you and I talked about this on Saturday. They lose to the Indianapolis Colts as two and a half point favorites last week. This team looks like they are in a world of hurt. There's no leadership on this team, and it, and it starts on the sideline. And it's, that's the unfortunate piece here with Brian Flores. He's somebody that I really was hoping for, and maybe I'm rooting for him too much to be a, a good coach. If you know Brian Flores' background, he's somebody that, from a, a humanistic standpoint, you're going to root for a guy like that. You want him to succeed. And he was very successful as a coach there on a, a, a number of different positional coaches there with New England through their championship years with Bill Belichick's staff. Uh, he's got a number of Super Bowl rings, but it's not carrying over right now. And I think that's the that's the hard part here to think about the Dolphins, where they've got a lot of high-priced players in that secondary, and there's just no chemistry on this team. Think about the defensive side. It starts on the back end for them. They're not competing. They're not playing hard. You just, you just don't see any energy, any fight out of that team. And you know, on the offensive side, the offensive line is one of the worst in the league, and you've got Jacoby Brissett back there who pulled a hamstring today, and he fought through it. He was out there on one leg just trying to battle and compete. So props to him for trying to fight through his hamstring injury. But ultimately, I think it comes down to the lack of leadership that we're seeing on the field, and ultimately that leads up to the head coach with Flores. They're just not buying into what he's selling right now, and that's the hard part here. Miami competed for the first quarter, but you got to play four quarters in this league, Brady, and that's what's not happening with that defense. I mean, they, they couldn't get off the field on third down. Tampa Bay was 8 of 11 on third down. Brady had whatever looks he wanted. If they wanted to run the football for five yards, they had it. They wanted to throw the football even without Gronkowski out there. Like, whatever they wanted to do, each and every series, 
they knew that they were going to go down and score points, and that was not going to be the case for the Dolphins with that offensive line. They just weren't going to be able to match up, but I think that's what it comes down to right now. No chemistry on, on either side of the football for the Miami Dolphins and no leadership either. I tell you, it gets interesting next week. They complete the Florida doubleheaders. They go to London next week in week six to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Over the summer, Miami was made a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Is that going to be the case? I mean, who knows with that game, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Miami Dolphins. The Buccaneers, they're going to be on a short week. They will play on Thursday night on the road at Philadelphia. The early line there over the summer was Tampa Bay minus seven-and-a-half. James, the Carolina Panthers, they returned home off of a loss to the Dallas Cowboys, and they host the Philadelphia Eagles in Week 5. And the Eagles saw the money in this one. The Panthers opened up as four-and-a-half-point favorites, and they closed as two-and-a-half-point favorites, went all the way through the key number of three. And Carolina really had control of this game for a long, long time. At one point in the first half, they led 15-3, to but I tell you what, the Eagles never went away and eventually stole this game 21-18, to winning outright as underdogs. Philadelphia now 2-3 and on the year. The Panthers have lost two in a row. And again, you and I were talking about this on Saturday. There's some teams that are real head scratchers in the league, and I think the Eagles are one of them. They came out of nowhere and stole this game. The Eagles are one of them, and we smelled that line. And sometimes you're like, all right, you're looking at the two teams, and you're looking at it on paper and what they've done through the first four games of the season, and you've got Carolina, and they're sitting at home, and they're only a three-point favorite. What smelled fishy about that? And it was that's why I stayed away from this game. I didn't, want, I, I didn't have a good handle on this game, thinking about the Panthers and the, on the offensive side of the football. Now, they were down to their third-string left tackle. They've got issues on the offensive line. We knew Christian McCaffrey was not going to be out there, and they got off to a great start, did the, the Carolina Panthers. But I think they got humbled last week when they went into Dallas, especially in that first half. And they got some garbage points in that second half. But ultimately, Dallas was able to do whatever they wanted to offensively against that Carolina Panthers defense. Well, it was the offensive turn today to not make plays, and I think that was the struggle for Carolina. Only one offensive touchdown. It really hurts not having McCaffrey out there for sure, but I think it starts on the offensive line, and when you're talking about miss having him, it, it wasn't a good offensive line to begin with, and now you've got issues on starting on the left tackle position. I mean, this was a team that Carolina got up to a 15-3 to lead in that second quarter and managed three points in the second half. That's it. One field goal in the second half. This is not a team that was able to generate any kind of offense. And that's against the Philadelphia Eagle defense that the two weeks prior, both against Kansas City and the week before on Monday night at Dallas, looked like they had no business being anywhere on the field against the potent offense because both of those teams absolutely lit them up each and every time down the field. Today, you're talking about the second half when it's time to win and you're there at home for the Carolina Panthers. I got to suspect this is a this is a demoralizing demoralizing loss for the Carolina Panthers. Thinking about the lead that they had at halftime and then coming out and putting three points on the board in the second half and losing that game to a Philadelphia team that on defense that hadn't been able to stop anybody recently. That's not a good look for the Carolina Panthers. This has got a smart, and they're going to have a lot. It's going to be a, a rough film session all week long for this Carolina defense. Yeah, and I put a little bit of the blame on head coach Matt Rule, who's a guy I really like. I think he's going to be a great coach in this league, but to allow Philadelphia to stick around like that, after holding them to three points, 
in the first half. I think they got a late score maybe right before the uh, first half ended, but uh, they just let Jalen Hurts keep hanging around, and I, I just did not see that coming, and, and I didn't get involved in the game either, James, because I'm still trying to figure out Carolina. I really expected Matt Rule to probably take care of business over the Philadelphia Eagles today, and it looked like it was going to go that way, but yeah, you know, this Philly team is is tough to figure out. They showed a heck of a lot of heart. They never quit in this game and give credit to Nick Sirianni on the other sidelines there to get this one in the win column and even up their record at two and excuse me, two and three now, just a game under five hundred, but still two games back in the NFC East of those Dallas Cowboys. The Eagles are on a short turnaround. We mentioned that they will be hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday night. And the Panthers, they will stay in Carolina as the Minnesota Vikings come to town in Week 6. An interesting one here, James. This was made a pick over the summer with the Vikings traveling to Carolina. And, and, I mean, what do you do with this one? The Vikings barely escape. I know you remember this game well. That was a survivor pick for you on all three of your remaining entries. And we'll talk about this game. You texted me immediately after and said, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to survive Survivor emotionally and physically. That was a wild one. Well, Minnesota, off of that wild one, We'll go take on Carolina in Carolina next week. And I think I think we have questions about both of these teams. Absolutely. You think about Minnesota. Now, maybe this was just kind of that letdown spot for Minnesota. Yeah, you're playing at home. It's a division opponent. But Minnesota has been throttling the Detroit Lions over the last four years. They, are, they had won the last seven games coming into that matchup, and they had won them by an average of over almost 12 points per game. So this is the team they kind of felt like, yeah, all right, well, this is a team we know we can get through, and let's move on to week six. But, you know, you got to show up each and every week, and I guess that's a credit to Detroit. We've seen Detroit such heartbreaking loss. Today, the heartbreaking loss to to Minnesota on the road, the heartbreaking loss a couple weeks ago to Baltimore with the record-setting 66-yard car- kick from Tucker. Like, great job by, by Campbell getting these guys focused, but you still got to play and you got to finish for 60 minutes. I think that's the key for any of these teams. So learning lessons to be sure for the Detroit Lions. But right now, Minnesota, I got what I needed out of them. I'm done with them going forward. Yes, you are. And credit to Dan Campbell and those Detroit Lions. They are playing hard for their coach every single week, despite a lot of injuries that occurred in week four for the Detroit Lions. The Buffalo Bills get a turnover, but they cannot capitalize. The Chiefs defense stands up and forces the Buffalo Bills to punt. Kansas City goes back on offense when we return. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.